Welcome. You're listening to The Aligned Self, conversations in creating a conscious and abundant life. This is Daniel DeNovi. I'll be your guide and host. Let's see just where we can take this. Hello, friend, and welcome back to the conversation. Or, if this is your first time to the Aligned Self podcast, welcome. And I'm considering you part of the family already. And it doesn't mean you have to stay, but even if you go away and come back, you're still part of the family. So I suggest that if you get any value whatsoever out of this episode, that you subscribe. So you can find your way back if you happen to meander somewhere else. And maybe, just maybe, you'll stay for the duration. Or go back to the beginning and start from there. My first few episodes were completely and totally all about intuitive guidance. Tapping into your intuition. Well, today's going to be about intuitive guidance. Now, if you've been listening to me for a while now, you'll remember that I said or have promised that I have a series coming up on manifestation, law of attraction, manifesting 101. And there's going to be probably five, six episodes on this topic, and that's going to start in about three or four episodes. And if you're listening to this in real time as they occur or as they're released, then those episodes will drop next week. So like I mentioned earlier, this episode is going to be about intuitive guidance. And it comes, it's sourced from a email that I got from a young listener. I say young because she's in her 20s, and uh, that's relatively young for me. But uh, she asked this question, how do I trust my intuition? How can I tell a decision is right for me? Well, I have to tell you that I've asked that question a lot, especially when I was younger. It was all about, is this the right thing to do? Is this the wrong path for me to take? Is this what I should do? Or is there something else that is better for me? Now, you're going to learn by the end of this episode that that line of questioning is the most inappropriate path to take in order to get in touch with your inner guidance, your intuitive wisdom. But be gentle with yourself because it's human. And this is why people have trouble trusting their intuitive guidance. Because that idea that there's a right and wrong comes within the frame of reference, the idea that, hey, you could screw this up. Like, you could make a wrong choice and really go down the wrong path here. Well, relax. Because from the context or from the perspective of God, goddess, all that is, your guardian angel, your higher self, your inner being, there are no wrong decisions. There are just decisions and choices that you make. And from those choices and decisions, there's a series of events that arise from the path that you take. And some of it is more struggle than is necessary or required, but it is what it is in the end. Your other than conscious self, your higher self, your the infinite intelligence will guide you along or guide you back to where you is most appropriate for you, no matter what choice you make. If you've been listening for a while now, you've heard me say before that one of the reasons why I'm such a good coach is because I've made virtually every mistake you can make as a human being. See, in the, the early years especially, I overrode my intuitive guidance. I used my rational thought to and my ego to squelch or squash my intuitive guidance. 
So even so that I've made decisions and choices along the way that were less than admirable, sometimes in direct opposition to my intuitive guidance, the good news is that I still came out okay. In hindsight, I could look back and say, well, that path was probably or could have been a detour, but look at the lessons that I got from it. Look what I came away with. Look at the wisdom that was made available to me that, you know, I don't know if I could have gotten it any other way than the way I got it. And so while I say tongue in cheek that I've made virtually every mistake you can make as a human being, the wisdom that I came away with has really informed my coaching, enhanced my ability to connect to virtually any circumstance that a person has gone through or could go through. And so I can say with authority that there are no mistakes. There are no bad choices. There are no wrong things to do because everything yields a lesson. In hindsight, I can always say, you know, I could have made a different choice then, taken a different path. I mean, we could always do something different than the way we did it. There's always multiple possibilities at any given moment in time. There's always a fork in the road even when there doesn't appear to be a fork in the road. There's always a decision to move forward or to move back, to go right or to go left. See, we are always in that moment of either moving towards greatness or mediocrity. And even though sometimes in the moment it seemed like I made a choice for mediocrity, it was really just taking a couple steps back to leap five forward. I was once in a relationship that from outward appearances was the wrong choice for me to make. She was several years younger than me. Let me say several. She was a couple decades younger than me. There was no way it could really work out. It was, it massaged my ego. Yet when I checked in with my intuition, I always had the impulse to stay. Even though rationally, I probably shouldn't have been in the relationship. She had a different ethical point of view about life than I did. She lied to me a lot. She misrepresented the truth, hid things from me. Yet, when I checked in with my intuition, even though I knew intuitively she was lying to me, my intuition said, provide a platform of trust. No matter what she says, tell her that you trust her. And I get that that was part of her lesson, is if I was going to provide a platform of trust, that she had the opportunity to honor that and show up trustworthy. Also, when I was with her, I got involved with drugs, drug use, and they were the drugs that they tell you not to get involved with, that they're, they're bad news. Yet, I did it anyways. Because my inner self said, hey, there's an experience to be had here. Again, rationally, I should not have been in the relationship. Intuitively, I kept getting the guidance to stay, to ride it out. And so it was a tumultuous, on-again, off-again relationship. I went on for a year, until a point where I got the intuitive guidance, the inner knowing that I didn't belong there anymore. So I got up in the middle of the night, got dressed and left, never said goodbye. Later, I found out all the things that were being hidden, the lies. And instead of feeling bad, instead of feeling like I was a victim in it, it was like a light bulb went off and suddenly I knew I could trust my intuition 100%. Because I remembered every time I quote-unquote overrode it to provide trust, even though I knew something was going on, I knew what the truth was. I provided a platform of trust and it was betrayed again and again, which is fine. But what a lesson. Intuitively, you cannot pull the wool over my eyes now. 
You cannot lie to me. I know. My intuitive guidance was honed to such a sharp edge. I will never, ever doubt it again. To me, that was worth the year investment. Well, yes, I was addicted to that drug, or what I like to say, my body was addicted to the drug. But once I decided in my mind that I was done, I dropped it and never picked it up again. Some other time I'll have an episode on overcoming addictions, but the essence of it is right there. Never call yourself an addict. You can say that I have an addiction, my mind is addicted, my body is addicted. You can overcome that. You can change your behavior. You can adopt new habits. But when you call yourself an addict, that is a persona. That's a story that you have to live up to. So, back to our original question. How do you learn to trust your intuition? Well, you learn by making mistakes. You tune in what you consider your intuitive guidance. You make a decision, you take action based on that guidance, and then after you get a result, you reflect back on it and see what was the quality of the feeling. Where did the feeling originate? What was your mindset when the guidance came in? You see your point of attraction, your mindset when you receive the guidance can be an indicator of whether or not it's really your intuitive guidance or you're appeasing your ego. Meaning that when we appease the ego, we're trying to pacify some fear or make up for some feeling of lack. And so we take action on some feeling because it satisfies some need or want that addresses the needs or wants of the ego. Not the higher self, not your greater self. It's not tied to a spiritual lesson. And frankly, the only way you can figure that out is by testing it, trying it out, taking action and then reflecting back on the results. But doing so from the context that there's no such thing as failure, only feedback. Now, I reflect back on that relationship that I said I was in. There were several, you know, red flags, signposts along the way that says, get out, you know, stay away from there, that you're making a bad choice here. Yet my intuitive guidance was guiding me to go along until I reached a point where I knew I was done. And I have to say that knowing did not come with any fanfare. There was no real emotional uh, baggage with it, no emotional context. It's like, okay, it's time to go. And that lack of emotional intensity behind the guidance is typically, for me at least, uh, very indicative of intuitive guidance. The more emotion that seems to accompany that intuitive knowing, that inner guidance, such as fear or angst or I typically know that to be sourced from the ego. Another way to think about it is like directions from your GPS. In 500 feet, turn right. In three miles, you're going to merge the left-hand lane. It's just matter of fact, just information. Turn left, turn right, stop, go forward. You see, often we get the intuitive guidance with very little fanfare. But once we consider taking action on that guidance, that's when the fear comes up. That's when the questioning comes up. Oh, is this the right thing to do? Is this, that's from the context, I don't, I don't want to screw this up. Or there's ramifications or consequences we don't necessarily want to face. You know, if we take action, we might hurt somebody. Like maybe it's ending a relationship. Maybe it's quitting a job. And we, the guidance comes up just matter of fact. But then when we consider it, 
We don't want to deal with the conflict. We don't want to deal with the hurt feelings or telling someone that, hey, we're leaving. We, we're not in love anymore. Maybe we were never in love. But let's say that the guidance comes up and you override it. You sell yourself on staying. You, you rationalize the process. You rationalize how long you've been together, how long you've, you know, you got a degree in this. So, you know, you should be in this field. Look at all the money you spent on your education. And you can interchange relationship with a job, career, or some other life situation. It kind of all works the same. So you get the intuitive guidance and you rationalize uh, that it's not the right choice. You push it down, yet it's somewhat persistent. It kind of hangs out in the wings. There's a, the feeling that there's a more amazing relationship, a more amazing situation for you out in the world if you were to leave. And when you consider leaving when you consider ending it, maybe the other person was to end it, or maybe you got fired from the job. Would there be a sense of relief? Would there be a sense of possibility that lies in this new situation? Suddenly you're free, unencumbered. If that's the feeling that you're left with, then you can look back and know that you're in, you've been overriding your intuitive guidance. For me, when I was describing that past relationship, I never got the feeling that I was supposed to be somewhere else, that there was some other relationship for me until I got the intuitive knowing, the guidance, okay, I'm done. Today, my relationship with my wife, you know, it's not always perfect. It is what it is. At times, it's amazing. Other times are challenging, just like with any relationship. But there is no place I would rather be. I am committed to navigating every bump, every curve in the road. Because I get the long-term value of staying the course. So what if you get the intuitive guidance and you override it? What's the process? And there is a process that your intuitive guidance, your higher self, the infinite intelligence, God, Goddess, all that is, your guardian angels, they will guide you out of it. But it kind of goes like this. At first you get the impulse and it's just a whisper. It's a feeling, a nudging. And if you can pay attention to it then and take action on it, move in the direction of the guidance, then you'll usually avoid a lot of suffering, a lot of struggle. But more often than not, you're human and you don't yet trust that whisper. And so you override it, you rationalize it, and you stay in the situation. You continue on or you take action with it. And then a little bit down the road, you get another red flag, another notice from your intuition that, hey, you know, I don't like this. This is uncomfortable. This isn't what you think it is. There's other choices to make. Understanding that this second notification usually comes up a little bit more magnified, a little bit more intense, and you could listen to it then, take action and end it or go, your, go another way, or you can override it. If you override it again, Typically, you can proceed as if, you know, hey, it really wasn't my intuition. Things are going okay. Yet, in those moments of quiet time, in the moments of solitude, that feeling, that urging starts nagging at you. It comes up, bubbles up from below. You know, it's time to end this. This isn't really going to go anywhere. This isn't going to last long term. This isn't the most appropriate situation for you. It's not going to align with your intentions, the dreams for your life. It's a detour. And yet you override it again. You rationalize it. You say, you talk about how long we've been together, how much you have invested, that I can make it work. Now, I think it's important to say that 
when this nagging or this urging comes up, it's important to to look at, to assess what is your mindset? What's your thinking process? What are you focused on when this feeling comes up? Are you focusing on all the negative aspects of the relationship, all the negative aspects of the other person, the things you don't like? Well, the idea to leave or the idea to leave your job or that situation is a natural result of what you're focusing on. And so here's the question to ask if that's the situation. If I were to focus on all the positive aspects, if I was to be in love and gratitude about the other person, the the things I love about the, the relationship, would I want to do that? Would I want to stay? Would that make a difference? So looking at the situation, whether it's a relationship, a job, or some other circumstance in your life, looking at it from the context, if you are invested in loving and appreciating it, would it make a difference? If the answer is no, then you have your answer. If you don't care to move forward, if you don't care to invest the time and energy in doing that, then that's your answer. But from the perspective of law of attraction, your focused attention, where you're directing your thoughts, where you're directing your attention, is your point of attraction. And you do that long enough and you'll attract other thoughts that are in alignment with that frame of thinking. So if you're focusing on the negative aspects of the relationship, the job, the circumstance, you're just going to attract more information that supports that point of view. So this is why it's important to get centered, to get grounded as you tap into your intuitive guidance, as you begin to reflect on your inner guidance. And always ask the question, what's my point of attraction? You know, what's my emotional set point right now? Are you in neutral or are you activated in some way? So it's a general rule of thumb that you don't make a decision, a life-changing decision when you're emotionally activated. The best decisions come from a neutral state, a balanced, grounded, centered state. And it typically just shows up, this isn't working for me. This doesn't work for me. Well, so far we've been talking about intuitive guidance that shows up to end something, to leave a situation, kind of from a negative point of view. Like, it's a no. So let's look at it from a positive affirmation. Like the universe is saying yes. When you get a yes, it's going to feel expansive. You're going to feel energized. And when I say energized, you're going to feel alive. You're going to feel like a live wire. You can't wait to get started. You can't wait to tell somebody. When you look ahead to the possibility of what lies ahead in the future, the, the possibility just expands to fill the room, fills the universe. All you can think about is the fun that you're going to have, how alive you're going to feel once you get involved in this, how it pans out. It's just going to be amazing. There's no fear. There's no anxiety. There's no trepidation. It totally feels like an aha experience when suddenly it all makes sense. It just clicks into place. So that basically covers how to learn to trust your intuitive guidance, how to tune in to your intuitive guidance. Of course, I have a whole course on it, but that's a, a good primer. The other question I want to answer is what came up in this email that she sent me is that she's in a relationship, has been for a while, and she's questioning whether or not it's the right thing. And of course, from my position, I can't say yay or nay. It's really up to you. But there's some questions that you can ask to ascertain whether or not it's working for you. 
One, do you feel respected in the relationship? Do you feel heard, seen, acknowledged, valued? Is the other person showing up trustworthy? Since it's been a long-term relationship, do you feel like you're just continuously going through the motions? Or are there moments of legitimate joy? Do you feel vibrantly alive? Do you have moments where you really like just believe that this is the best relationship for you, that you get to express yourself in the most unique way, that it's a platform for you to be authentically who you are? Or do you hold part of yourself back? Do you feel like you can't express yourself, can't be authentic, can't really, you know, express what's on your mind? Or do you feel like you need to pretend in order to keep the peace? And if you said how you really felt, it would probably end the relationship. Another angle to look at this from is when we consider relationships, we don't want a relationship just to have a relationship. We want a relationship because it satisfies certain criteria, certain needs and wants that we think a relationship will deliver. And some of those criteria could point to the questions that I've already offered up, such as being valued, being heard, being seen. Uh, the others are you know, having a level of intimacy and connection a sense of ease and safety. Some other criteria might be a level of communication and sharing of experience. You see, each person has a laundry list of things that they want and need in a relationship. If you were to sit down and write down what those wants and needs are for you in the most ideal relationship, does your current relationship stack up? And then you ask the question, whatever is missing, is what's missing that important? Meaning that if you have five things, five important things on your list or criteria for a relationship and four of them are met and those are the top most important four, then the last one might not be that significant. It might just be one of those things, well, wouldn't it be nice? But it's not a deal breaker. So again, just to sum this up in the context of the episode about right and wrong, there is no right or wrong relationship. The question is, is Is the relationship that you're in going to lead to the future that you envision for yourself? Or are there aspects that you need to compromise in order to be or stay in the relationship? And then again, if those things are compromised, if they never come to pass, will you feel like you lived less than the life that you wanted to live? Again, there is no right or wrong person for us. There is no right or wrong relationship. And then one more perspective on assessing a relationship, because sometimes people stay in a relationship or stay in a situation, stay in a job, because they feel like there's not a better prospect out there for them. It's the perspective that the devil I know is better than the devil I don't. At least with my current situation, at least I know what I got. In the context of people or relationships, there's seven, over 7 billion people on the planet. There's 330 million people in the United States. There's 3 billion people in India. There's approximately 130 million people in Mexico. So given the context or the idea that there's so many people out there, just to be conservative, there's at least 1,000 or 2,000 people that could potentially meet your criteria for the ideal relationship. So if the prospect of a relationship that is more aligned with your ideal is out there waiting for you, and that excites you, then you may not be in the most appropriate relationship for you now. Now, for me personally, 
I know there's potentially other partners out there for me, but I'm satisfied with my wife. There's no other person I want to be in a relationship with. There's no other person I can imagine being in a relationship with. So to sum this up, the most elegant question to ask your intuition, is this an effective path for me? Is this going to lead to the fulfillment of my desires? Is this the most benevolent choice for all concerned? Is this the path of greatest growth for me? Which choice leads to the greatest amount of satisfaction and joy for me? So again, the universe doesn't care about right and wrong, should and could, best or better. The universe will support you no matter which choice you make. Some choices involve more struggle, bumpier roads. Other roads provide a lot of ease and grace. I'm interested in personal growth, and sometimes that comes with bumpy roads. Sometimes it comes with detours. But wisdom and growth is always available. It's always there. So until next time, this is your friend and host, Daniel Danovi, urging you to follow your bliss. Live your life from inner signals. Be inner-directed as you engage in the epic adventure. <laughs> <laughs>